0: Welcome to the ESP PPE Podcast, Proper Project Expectations. Just a quick setup or reminder of what we're doing here. This is our 2023 summer series covering selling under NEM3, working in solar in California, and why it's still the best place to sell solar in the country, if you know how. We're all about learn, then earn. Whether you're fresh to the industry or a sun-baked seasoned pro, in this podcast series, we'll go through the course of a project from some pre sale topics all the way to final system activation. Don't take anything we say as gospel. Just try it on and see if you like it. Here we go. All right. Another Energy Service Partners Proper Project Expectations episode coming in hot. We are going to cover some warranty post installation topics that tend to come up. As always, I'm your host danny o'malley director of marketing here at esp i uh, brought in special guest crystal kilburn good friend of mine long-term colleague she is our vp of biz dev right now but she has worn many many hats over the years crystal what was your original title i forget
1: director of customer support
0: director of customer support thank you so she has seen some stuff let me tell you and we also have brandon barton director of dealer support The bad boy of the solar coaster back in the saddle. How are you doing, Crystal? Good. How are you doing, Brandon?
2: Uh, Doing great. Thanks for the introduction.
0: Awesome. All right. So I think the biggest thing, just to lead right into it, what is the number one or probably one of the number one calls that we get after a solar system has been installed for a little while? What's the homeowner going to probably call us about, Crystal?
1: I think the biggest thing that we received calls about after the fact is I am still receiving a utility bill um, after going solar.
0: What? But the solar is supposed to kill the bill. The solar is supposed to take care of everything magically. How could that be?
1: I think the main thing that I've seen over the years is a lot of times uh, people think once they get solar that they can crank the AC or leave some more lights on or use some more electricity, which typically results in them receiving a utility bill unless the system was oversized at 125, 150 percent, which we've seen that as well. But um, I think for the most part, it's due to the, the consumer using more electricity.
0: So more often than not, there's it, it's rare that the system is not performing up to what we said it would be capable of when we first designed it, right? It's going to be just purely homeowner started sucking up more of that juice before it could be exported to the utility and, and give them credits on their bill, right?
1: Yeah, correct. The the number one thing, you know we have a lot of checks and balances in place for making sure that the system's going to produce what we say it's going to produce or that estimated production. And so the system almost always is producing right where we say it should have been or even sometimes over what we said it was going to produce. But yeah, the customers just using more power. Great. I could I could I think
2: elaborate even further is I think it's proper expectations at the point of the sale. Right, Most homeowners want to go solar because they do plan on using more power. They're not quite confident on exactly how much power, but they go off of a percentage basis. And if they go over that and the psychology behind solar is, you know, I, I have solar, so I can leave my lights on. Right. No longer is the dad coming in behind the kids and turn, flipping that switch. <laughs> He's like, oh, I got solar. We can leave it on 15 more minutes. Got off that video game. You've been playing too much. <laughs> That's right. And you do that throughout the year. And yeah, you you can see a bill that might come into play and especially with time of use. If you're using power more often in the non-peak hours and now that you have solar you start using peak hour demand, that can also offset your bill in a in a negative fashion, right? So there's a couple of things that come into play. So Crystal, you're you're on point definitely from what I hear.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it too, brand. And as soon as we we got solar, what did I do the very next year? Bought an EV. And guess what? That that takes up a good chunk of power sometimes charging that thing and, and yeah I mean as as the years have been getting hotter and hotter over the summer I think a lot of people have noticed too they're running their AC a lot longer like it kicks on all hours of the day not just like yeah mid, midday or afternoon or evening or whatever so yeah I, I think that's a great point. Crystal one of the things too that you had, had touched back to earlier with how we designed the system and, and Brandon you alluded to it as well we look at their historic usage. But it's generally going to be really only the last 12 months. We're not going to take like a a huge lifetime usage average or anything like that.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely correct. So we try to size the systems based off of their historical usage, typically, as you mentioned, the last 12 months. So if you use 10,000 kilowatt hours the last 12 months, we're going to design the system to cover that uh, consumption of 10,000 kilowatt hours. So if you increase it. From there, the system isn't able to cover the additional consumption.
0: Right. Solar just can't magically start cranking out more juice because it doesn't. We've covered this, I think, on a previous episode. Solar only knows when the sun is up. Solar doesn't know what you're doing in the house (laughs) underneath. So we're trying to set the system up to produce as much as as much as possible. Right. Like we can't always achieve that 100 percent offset, but we'll cover as much as we can, or if we're oversizing, you know, as much of an extra estimated increase in power. So I think that kind of circles back to why it's really important to understand how customers are billed. I think most sales reps, you know, as soon as you've sold one or two jobs, you've looked at a few power bills. And so you should know kind of what to expect here, but there are so many stinking utilities in California. The the big three are the most common you'll see, right? But we have dozens. Crystal, you had some pulled up, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of little small town utility companies where the cities just have their own utility and their rates are different than what most other utility providers are. A lot of them charge a, a surcharge fee or just a standard fee just to have solar so you never fully get rid of that utility bill and so it's really good to know from a sales rep perspective as well as a homeowner perspective what your utilities company's net metering is some don't give as good of credit some have that surcharge that i mentioned some are great and it's a one for one and there's no issues there even in this uh, nem 3.0 world
0: right yeah, the, I'm. I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm sure Brandon has some thoughts on it too. But yeah, Nem Nem three being the the talk of the town as it is, what what's probably one of the most important things, uh, Brandon, that a sales rep can understand about switching a customer over from just being charged by the utility to being a solar customer, being a solar user, and and how that uh, switches over on on the big three.
2: Well, I think one of the the main features here is that you can never fully escape the utility, right? You cannot be grid-free. You're going to microgrid your house, which is a beautiful thing, but you're still tied to the utility. And they do that because the utility is a monopoly. They're a company, they have their own issues, and they they are regulated. Typically, even the municipalities have a CPUC that governs how much they can charge. But at least for the the big ones, right, just know that you can't fully escape them you can only work with them in the best way possible and set the proper expectation with the homeowner that you're going to have a small grid fee and it's based on the amount of kilowatts that you actually utilize from that from um uh, like Southern California Edison
0: SDG&E PG&E right exactly. yeah so they're 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 a little bit more straightforward where they'll have a kind of a base fee and it'll be generally scaled with how much power you're actually drawing back from them at these times they're they have a lot of other weird stuff though right i mean you've got like a generation fee a distribution fee like i they they oh. charge you they charge you at least a couple times for the power that you're using right <laughs>
2: Yeah, page three is an interesting page for, for most utilities. And it's details of your new charges. When you read it, it looks like Greek. You know, like, hey, you're, what am I reading here? You will have public purpose programs, new generation chip charges. There's nuclear, you know, decommissioning charges, distribution charges, transmission charges. Should I go on, right? It's like, yeah. what am I really paying for here? I thought it was per kilowatt hour that I use and I'm done. Right. And those details here are they're created in such a way that that's the utility trying to create confusion. So when you call in, you can't even justify your bill. It's just, it is what it is. Right. right. And that's, yeah,
0: very, yeah it, it is. I mean, they, they want to play the cups game, right. Of Like, Oh, no, no, yeah, this is, this is where, you know, you're actually, this is what you're actually paying for. And really a lot of, yeah, they're they're just trying to hide where they're making the most profit off of it. And so that's why they, they don't, Necessarily like it when people go solar, even though they need it, and and especially in nem three, they want people to have batteries so that you can be part of providing grid power to other other people on the on the grid when they need it. When the utility determines, oh yeah, hey, but this is a hot usage time, so afternoons and evenings, especially in those late uh, summer, early fall months, they're they they really want to get power. But more often than not, they're they're going to charge people much, much more for the power that they get from your solar or from wherever they generate it. They're going to charge somebody a heck of a lot more than they paid you for it. And that's, that's that.
2: Yeah. So. So I, one of the. Uh, famous uh, charges that I like it or don't like rather is they got franchise fees. They have competition transition charges. Like what does that even mean? Competition transition charge. They're a monopoly. Who are they competing with? What's going on? Not to mention those public purpose programs that you're paying for and the details of those charges. And you can see that on page three, that's for homeowners that received a discount from Edison You know, you're paying for those homeowners to have cheaper rates where you don't get a decision on whether you pay it or not. So it's not Edison saying, hey, we're going to give you a discount. It's saying, hey, we're going to steal from the rich and give to the poor. And you have no choice. And I'm you I'm all for yeah, I was going to say I'm all for taking from the
0: rich if we're talking about the utilities but the utilities yeah. are just taking from other people and giving it to other people who they out of the goodness of their heart are giving a discount but it's because they're taking it from other people. Exactly. Yeah, well said. Better said. That's no, okay. <laughs> uh great. Well, yeah, so crystal back to Back to you and back to some of the topics that we get from the warranty side, because again, I I do want to make sure we're equipping sales reps with those conversations. So if a homeowner calls them after the fact and is wondering what's going on and and says, you lied to me, it's going to, you know, this wasn't what it, what you said it would produce for me. We have a few tricks up our sleeve that we can use to kind of come back and and provide the homeowner with a better experience. Some of it, you know, upfront, some of it kind of after the fact. So I want to cover three things because i know you do a great job of explaining all these we have the production guarantee which is a new uh feature that you that you introduced so we have that as an adder on on projects available if you want to choose that up front we also have our uh payment assistance or payment reimbursement um program for situations where it's not meeting the the rare situations where it's not meeting and then we also have something cool coming up called consumption monitoring whichever one you want to take in whatever order
1: Yeah, we'll just start from the top, as you mentioned. So production guarantee is something that we just recently rolled out over the last couple months. And we did it specifically because of NEM and wanting to make sure that people understand that a system is based off of production and not necessarily your utility bill. So as we talked about before, when your system's designed or when a system's designed, we complete an Aurora, we make sure that whatever the estimated kilowatt hours on the contract is that the system's going to produce that much. And the production guarantee states that we guarantee that the system will produce within 85% of that estimated production, or we'll do things to rectify it and make sure that you're, you're getting, you're getting the production that we say that you should. And um, that's really it. The The main thing is that we want the system to produce what we say it's going to produce. And um, we're guaranteeing that. And, you know, obviously things come up and, and whatnot. It is for an adder so that it is an additional charge for that production guarantee, because now we'll go into the payment um, reimbursement or what we'll do if the system doesn't produce that. And it's kind of all one in the same. So we always want to make sure that first and foremost, that we're taking care of customers for the long term. So the first thing that we'll do is look at the system and see why it didn't produce that much. If it was because the system was down, that doesn't count because manufacturers errors happen and inverters and systems do go down from time to time. It's it's something that just happens and we have no control over it. So if the system's down, that does not impact the production guarantee. It It's not going to trigger it to go into effect for any type of reimbursement. If the system is underproducing due to shade from a tree in the backyard, we will, you know, give the option to remove the obstruction or to trim the tree's back or something like that. That's going to help to allow the system to produce what it's expected to produce another thing we can do is add panels we can add a couple panels if we think that if we think that a couple panels will get us up to that estimated production percentage that we're looking for or the last thing that we'll do if we're not able to add panels we will refund the production guarantee number and adjust everything to show what they're estimated to get we want to make sure that we're taking care of customers and giving them what we say we're going to give them
2: Awesome. I think there's a lot of checks and balances up front. Uh, it's a rare case in which ESP actually has to make corrections uh, during site survey. We get uh, analysis of all shade factors, tilts, azimuth of the roof. So we are definitely, you know, trying to make sure that it's all correct from the beginning. Right, Chris? So like what was the chance of a homeowner actually needing a, a reimbursement from a misanalysis?
1: Yeah, I've been doing this. I mean, we're, How many installs have we completed? You know, (laughs) over 16,000. And I think in all the years been doing this with ESP, I've only seen two. (laughs) Like it's very, very, very unlikely that the system isn't going to produce what we say it's going to produce based off of all of our checks and balances that we have in place. And that's what I love about ESP. I love it.
0: Jack isn't here right now, so I'm going to do math for us, but two out of 17,000 is uh point. How many zeros? Four or five zeros point zero, 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 zero one, one, seven percent. So
1: yeah, we, we really make it a point to do what we're say. We say we're going to do and provide the product that we say we're going to provide. If the system's supposed to produce, X amount, we want to make sure that it produces X amount or within 85% of that. Like I said, unfortunately, we know there's fires. Fires cause a lot of cloud in the sky and the system's not going to produce as much or the crazy storms that we had this year. Or, you know, there's just things that can go, are outside of anybody's control really on whether or not it, Affects the production of the system, so we can't say a hundred percent because of those outside, you know, factors that that come into play. But definitely, eighty-five percent is a really strong position to to hold there
0: that that was exactly what i was going to ask i think a question that immediately comes up is well wait why not why not 100% if you say it's going to cover you know if we're if we're shooting for 100% offset and it's only getting you know this much back why is that and so you just you just said it basically there's so many other factors just standard Electrical losses from systems are part of, you know, part of the factors that we, uh, we we try and account for, but can't always do that. Environmental factors like weather, fires, all that crazy stuff, and yeah, just other other things. So that makes that makes total sense.
2: And I think we need to think about the flip side, right? There's homeowners that get more power than what they signed up for. Oh yeah, yep. blessing too, right? <laughs>
1: And I've seen that um, a lot more times than people think. I would say probably more than 50% of the time, the system has produced a little bit more, not a lot so, but more than what we estimated. So it's always great to see that, you know, when, because we take into consideration those outside factors, when it's a good year, and there's no, you know, major fires in the area, when we've got good weather, that the system is going to produce more than what we expected.
0: Under promise, over deliver. I love it. Absolutely.
1: And then to touch on that third point that you'd mentioned, the consumption monitoring. So, consumption monitoring is something that we've looked at a couple times over the years. Looking at a couple different providers, you know, Enphase has their own consumption monitoring. SolarEdge has their own. There's things out there like Sense or Curb or or different things. And we have run into you know variety of issues when trying to pick the right product to offer. Whether it works with all panels, there's there's just a lot of different things to consider. And we've identified. Uh, a product that we believe will fit every type of system, every type of panel. It should work really well that we're getting ready to roll out. More more to come on that one, but definitely something to keep an eye out because a lot of times consumption monitoring will help homeowners protect their consumption. They're going to understand where their power is going to. They're going to understand that they're using more than they did before. They're going to understand where their solar uh, production is going, whether it's the house or the grid, it, it just really details things out a little bit more for them. So we are looking for a, a solid product that's going to be able to do that for consumers, regardless of what type of system was purchased. And so definitely keep an eye out for that one because it it's going to be great.
0: Awesome, I'm I'm really excited for that because I mean I can think of a few examples back at you know our previous company where one of my one of my good friends bought solar through us and had it installed and then not even a full year in they called in in a panic and they were like our power bill was you know hundreds of dollars we have no idea what's going on what what's happening and we went out and and did just a you know a sweep of the system a sweep of their house their AC was on the fritz and it was drawn dying an insane amount of power and they had no idea they were you know it, they they couldn't identify just from maybe it was kicking on a few extra times or something but nothing that they would have known uh was going on out of the ordinary but as certain appliances get older and and die they start becoming huge energy hogs and so if we had consumption monitoring for them that would have caught it right away they would have been able to say like whoa 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 why is the AC see all of a sudden, you know, triple or quadrupling its consumption, this is unreal. So I think that's a huge thing. I'm really excited for that. Definitely. Cool. Awesome. Well, one last thing that I wanted to just touch on and and make sure we wrap up with is uh, another question about, hey, why don't these numbers match my system or my, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the solar monitoring and it says it produced this much. But now I got this utility bill, and it says they only the the power company only saw you know a, a fraction of that, a percentage of that. Why is that, and why? And and making sure we set that expectation.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a great question, and it's definitely another big one that we get fairly often because a lot of times people are used to looking at their utility bill, and so they'll try to monitor their system from their utility bill, not necessarily uh, you know the portal that they were given at the time of system activation. And what happens is is we always have to explain you know, why they don't look the same. And the number one thing we want to make sure that homeowners, salespeople, everybody understands is when your solar is installed, the power that your system produces goes to the home first. So if you're running your AC at that time, your solar is powering your AC. If you're you know, making a smoothie, your solar is powering that blender. Whatever it is that is uh, that you're using at that time, that's what the solar is powering. Only the excess power that you're not using goes back to the grid. And that is what utility companies are are showing you on your utility bills, not not the total what the system produced. And it will never line up. And sometimes it shows, you know, nothing because it's not incremental at those specific times that it's producing but it's throughout the entire day. So if, or you know the those peak they've got you know off peak super peak so it really kind of depends if you're using more power than the system can produce during those times it's going to show that you were using power from the utility company it's not going to show any solar credits and so it really depends on your self-consumption or behind-the-meter habits compared to what's getting pushed to the grid. But the main reason, so just to kind of simplify or wrap that up, the solar power produced is consumed by the home first and only the excess goes back to the grid and shows up as that credit or negative balance. So those numbers will never line up unless every breaker in the house was shut off (laughs) and not using any power whatsoever. That's the only time those numbers would line up.
0: That makes total sense. I think that, yeah, that's the analogy I've always used is the bucket. Homeowners are used to the power, the utility company being able to see everything going on in their home because the power company was the sole source of, of truth, essentially, sole source of electricity. But once you get solar, it's going to fill the bucket first and the utility company is only going to see what spills over. But like you said, yeah, you if you're using a ton of power at a certain time, you could be sucking down every drop of sunshine and then some. And so the utility will be you're you're you know being being charged for from both ends there so yeah that's definitely something that understanding that and and being able to explain that to a homeowner is a huge thing up front just so they understand hey yeah it's not you're you are kind of Creating that microgrid, you're creating kind of a, a walled garden almost behind the meter where the utility no longer sees every everything that you're able to do. And, and you only show them what you're giving them in excess. So, Brandon, I think, yeah, you had something. I
2: think it's important to know that this is a digital meter nine times out of ten. And if it was dot, dot and to the right, you're buying from the grid. So if you're taking the trash out and you happen to look over and it's going to the right, if you see on your bill that you're owing money as a homeowner, you want to mentally, you know, go in the house, turn off some power and start receiving those credits before month 12 of 12 sets in. Rebound, if you will. So I I personally and then so if it's going dot, dot and to the left, you're living the good life. You're sending credits back into the grid.
0: by My grandparents uh, on their house when they got solar. I mentioned them on the podcast once before. They got it like 15 years ago, and so their meter still did have the spinny dial, and it was fun to go out there. My my granddad and I would always go out and watch it, just kind of creep, 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 creep back to the left. Like, oh yeah, it's working, all right.
1: That's awesome. And one thing, too, that I just want to throw out there as well, just kind of as we're talking about self-consumption and how the utility bills read is specifically in, you know, this NEM 3.0 world, self-consumption is more important than than ever before, because you want to use as much of the solar power that's generated before it ever hits the grid. Because, you know, as we know, if it hits the grid, you're not getting that same amount that they're going to charge you when you pull back for it. So making sure that homeowners understand self-consumption, understand how this works during this time. And anybody in the you know big three know that they want to try to use that power while it's being generated and not in the evening so if you've got a vacuum vacuum during the day if you're home if you and the sun's out and your solar's producing if you've got to you know do laundry same thing if you can do it during the day instead of at night you're going to be using that solar power that's being generated and not pulling back from the grid and so that's kind of one of the key things that you want to make sure that homeowners understand when you're having those conversations with them
0: I'm really glad you brought that up. That's a that's a huge point. You are getting the full value of your solar when you use it right at the source and don't you know hand it off to somebody who's going to have a varying value that they apply to it when they put it on your on your uh, credit. So awesome. Yeah
2: for me i capitalize on what's called a post install visit so as a solar consultant your job's not done at the dinner table when they sign all the documents to go solar it's it's after pto as well when the homeowner gets pto it's great to do say hey let's let's review when you get that first bill and do a quarter re, quarterly review at least for the first year to make sure you're rock solid and with the proper expectations that will lead to you know proactive resolutions rather than reactive waiting for the homeowner to call you with a problem without fully understanding their bill so that in itself will will help earn more referrals along the way
0: so oh, that's great yeah no, there's there's nothing more beautiful than your first few post-solar utility bills because you're just like, oh, oh my gosh, where did the, you know, it used to be hundreds of dollars. Now it's maybe tens of dollars. it's amazing. You know, my, my utility bill still most months out of the year is about $8 and 97 cents. And it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing when it's super hot in the summer, I haven't quite broken a hundred bucks again, but yeah, I mean, it used to be, we'd hit 200 easy. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be happier. And that's, that's a huge thing too, for referrals. I think Brandon, if you go, if, if you as a sales rep, go back, that gives you a chance to talk to the homeowner gather referrals, but also document the proof that, hey, proof is in the pudding. It worked here. And take a picture of their bill and then use that. Share it on social. Use it in your next pitch. Hey, wouldn't you love it if this was your power bill? We've said it a few times. It's hard to test drive solar. And there's only a couple ways to do it. You can show them a demo of the monitoring app and you can show them, hey, this worked for other customers of mine and use that word of mouth. Fantastic. Awesome. Fantastic. Cool. I think we hit it. I think we killed the bill. And so I think we can put a, a cap on this episode here. Crystal, anything else you want to you wanna plug at this time? Yeah.
1: No, I don't. I don't think so. I think this was great. I think it's really good. Uh, you know, I've met with a couple uh, sales reps and sales reps. Uh, you're so used to seeing those power bills prior to solar. Not very often do you see the ones after. So I definitely encourage every everybody who's working with homeowners and if you can go back and get, see the bill after, it's just going to help build your confidence and your knowledge of how to explain it to a homeowner if they call you later on asking about how to read their bill. So definitely encourage that for everybody who works with homeowners getting solar, you know, throughout the entire process, but definitely after it's been installed
0: awesome yep and so we will have some examples of those bills both pre and post for everybody to review and in the episode description and in dealer net as always crystal thank you so much for your time really appreciate it always a pleasure yeah Thanks
1: For having me danny
0: let's let's keep let's keep going let's keep taking care of people and helping people sell better solar
1: okay thank you
0: all right see ya Bye. The views expressed herein may or may not represent the views of Energy Service Partners Incorporated, its ownership, management, affiliates, or subsidiaries. No construction project is guaranteed to be free from errors at any stage, and nothing contained in this recording should be taken to imply otherwise.